How is everyone this morning? It is so good to have you here at Townview, and it's, honestly, it's just a thrill to be here. <laughs> it's so nice to see and be seen, and thank you for, because I miss you people. When I'm not here, it feels really weird. Thank you for letting me have a weekend off last week. For It was, it was a working vacation, but it was still a vacation. Um, I got to be out west and do the marriage ceremony for two dear friends. The groom was the uh, best man in my wedding, so it was really, it was an honor and a privilege to be with them and a wonderful gift from y'all to let me have that bit of a break. But we're all back and we're going to continue in our series that we've been doing, the uh, parables for a pandemic. We're looking at these interesting teachings of Jesus. He teaches through story, and frequently he sort of sets traps for us to fall into. Very clever way to, to teach people. And we've done three of these so far. We uh, did the good enemy, the good Samaritan, the diligent uh, students, which was the soils, and uh, last week was something like the shed full of hand sanitizer. Is that, is that fair? Which was the uh, parable of the rich fool in the barns. And today we'll continue by looking at Jesus' parable of the pearl of great price from Matthew 13. One of Jesus' shortest, shortest parables and one of the most complex and difficult of his teachings. Do we have the, uh, the scripture to put up on the screen? So... Thank you. So it, it reads like this. There's two pieces, and we're going to focus in on the second. But Jesus starts, and he says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Keep going. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. And this is where we're going to lock in today. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So let's begin our unpacking of this power-packed parable. You gotta love uh, triple alliterations. By bringing it into our context for our current moment. Uh, it, it's not perfect, of course, but it's pretty fun. So let's try it. Um, the kingdom of God is like an essential worker shopping at Walmart. Her hours had been reduced and her pay impacted by reductions in sales, and now she was low on funds. While she was nervous about the virus, she still was having to go to work to keep food on her table. And while shopping the generic brand aisle for the most cost-effective way to eat that week, she discovered behind a box of cereal a lone bottle of Clorox. <laughs> she hadn't seen one of these in weeks. She quickly snatched the bottle, left her basket, and went to check out. Using the money she had left, she purchased the bottle of Clorox and went home. Cute story, right? Uh, at first glance, this and Jesus' parable is a nice story about a pretty extreme impulse buy, the, the thrill of some good old-fashioned retail therapy and the, the flash of excitement you get when you, when you find a bargain 
or a product that you've been hunting for. Our main character is now happy, but in a newly desperate state. She has traded away her last bit of money, her ability to buy food, her ability to make the rent, her ability to pay bills, to put gas in the car. And then here's the real kicker. The object of great value is only worth anything if she expends it. The Clorox is only valuable when it's used, but each time you use it, the bottle loses value. In the same way, Jesus' parable, in Jesus' parable, the merchant, discovering the most valuable pearl he has ever seen, sells everything in order to possess it. So the story ends with a homeless man standing naked in the street holding a pearl. The, the pearl, the, uh, the sign of wealth, the thing he wishes to own, but owning it, it has made him poor, not rich. He, he can't eat the pearl. He can't wear it. He can't live in it. It can't protect him. It can't heal him. It can't advance him. It is now only worth what he could use it to buy. In selling it, he would gain its value, but he would no longer have it, the thing that he sold everything to possess. He can't have both at the same time. Do you see why this parable is so controversial and confusing? There are a lot of ways you can go with this very short story. So the obvious question is, what is the parable about? Well, it has something to do with value. What do we treasure? What, what do we care about? What do we vet, invest in? And what we should do about it? Both the parable of the pearl and the one that precedes it, the treasure hand in a field, are about a man who finds something of value and trades everything to get it. And while these stories are over 2,000 years old, they still, they still hit. We, we get it. They, they're impactful. And I believe that's because we are all searching for something. Uh, something of value, something of worth, something that lasts, something that could make us whole. But where are we looking and what does it say about us, our priorities and our values? In 2019, there was a global survey taken of children from all over the world. And they asked them, what do you want to be when you grow up? In China, the number one answer was when I grow up, I want to be an astronaut. It's a pretty good answer. The number one answer in the United States was when I grow up, I want to be a social media influencer. Yeah, you laugh, but that's a true story. <laughs> Our culture has sent us searching for, for fulfillment for pearls in places where we can only find, at best, shiny plastic beads. We chase happiness and meaning and status, popularity and fame, but how many times are we going to have to watch a pop star or a politician self-destruct? before we realize that many of these things are actually poisonous to us. And things like celebrity are just gilded vanity. The world offers us 
the shiny plastic pearl of fame, which says that it could satisfy our need for value and recognition. In this season of pandemic, many of us have been forced deeper into our social media platforms for any sort of interaction. And these platforms make demands of us that we are frequently unaware of. Facebook demands that we prove that we're happier than those around us. Instagram demands that we convince folks that we're prettier than our peers. YouTube demands that we are more entertaining. Twitter demands that we be smarter or more woke than those around us. And, and if you've been watching much of the news lately, and if you have, God bless you. Um, I, I try to avoid it as much as I can. Uh, if you've been watching the news or you know something about youth culture, then you know that the big dog in the world of social medias right now is TikTok. That's right, teenagers. It's going to be a sermon with TikTok in it. Look out. Uh, TikTok is a platform, for those of you who don't know, where users share short videos with the world. TikTok demands that you prove that you are either funnier or sexier than everyone else around you. And if you've been keeping up with the TikTok drama, there are rumors that the U.S. government is going to ban the app because of potential insidious connections to the Chinese government. Sounds like a really bad thriller novel. Um, so maybe the government will take away TikTok and people are losing their minds. I have the app and people are going nuts. Uh, people have accrued massive followings. I I'm literally nobody and I've been able to accrue 4,000 followers and my videos can get up to 366,000 views. The dopamine hit you get from that is nuts. People have built little TikTok kingdoms for themselves. And in exchange for their time, TikTok has offered them the plastic pearl of fame and viewers. And now all of that validation is about to go away. And we've only had the app for two years, just two years, but folks are making these public videos weeping and sobbing. If their TikTok fame is over, it feels like their lives are over. Last year, there was some concern about this time last year, the entire genre of videos on YouTube were going to be taken down because of some new rule dealing with copyright law. And if you don't know, you can make a lot of money if your YouTube videos do really well. And with that threatened, people lost their minds. If their channel was over, their life was going to be over. And we, we laugh at some of that, but what about the, uh, the shiny pearl of politics, which offers to satisfy our need for power and control over others? How, how many times have you and I seen the story of the principled Mr. or Mrs. America goes to Washington only to be near immediately corrupted and assimilated by the machine? How many times have you seen people tear down friendships and lose contact with their family over politics? In, um, in 2008, South Park did an episode about, yes, that's right, we got TikTok and South Park in one sermon. Uh, TikTok did, or bleh, South Park did an episode 
about overwhelmed hospital emergency rooms on the night of the McCain-Obama election. And when people were brought in by their loved ones to the ER, part of the triage was they asked, is it a Republican or a Democrat? Because they could diagnose. If this was a Republican, they were in the ER because of a suicide attempt. And if this was a Democrat, they were in the ER because of alcohol poisoning from too much partying. And then we saw this flipped. Just in the most recent election, we saw it play, the joke play out in real life with videos from all across the country of Clinton supporters falling to pieces. Footage of election parties where there was great wailing and gnashing of teeth because if their political candidate had lost, all hope was lost. What about the shiny plastic pearl of wealth? which offers to satisfy our need for freedom and comfort. People spend their entire lives in service to this goal, in worship of the plastic promises of money, the pursuit of finances and professional advancement has claimed far too many families, ended far too many marriages, and compromised far too many Christians. Maybe this is why Jesus in Matthew 6 says you can't love God and money. And even though it's an urban legend, it, is it this embedded love and desire for wealth the reason that we believe the stories of bankers and stockbrokers throwing themselves from office buildings when the stock market crashed in 29 or 2008? Most of those stories were exaggerations and really an urban legend, but we believed them when we heard them at first. Do we believe these stories when we hear them because we have bought into the lie that our lives can be defined by our status or our legacy measured by our bank accounts? So many of us act like if our financial plans were ruined, our lives would be ruined. So with all of this in mind, let us return to the parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. A lot of folks, when they try to understand parables, try to figure out the analogs. What do each of these things mean? What, what does the merchant represent? Who is that in the story? What does the pearl represent? What, what does it mean to sell everything? Sometimes you can do that sort of work with a parable, but here in this short two-sentence parable, the kingdom of heaven, which is the way and rule of Jesus, is like a merchant who was looking for fine pearls, and when he found one of great value, sold everything he had, went away, and then bought it. it. It's all of it. It's all one thing. For me, right now, when I encounter this parable, the whole story is the point. We encounter the kingdom of God. We encounter Jesus in our lives when we engage in the act of searching. The very search transitions us into God's space. We encounter Jesus when we realize that our priorities are out of whack. And we see that all these pearls that the world offers are really just shiny plastic counterfeits. We encounter Jesus when we give our lives to the pursuit of the kingdom. We encounter Jesus 
when we allow our lives to be reorganized for kingdom purposes. We encounter Jesus when we become willing to trade in all of the plastic beads for the perfect pearl of his gospel. We find the kingdom of God when we become brave enough to give up the endless pursuit of fame and popularity and wokeness and wealth and status and sex and comfort and security, these things which cannot and never actually intended to save us or satisfy us. We find the kingdom of God, the way of life that Jesus offers, in letting go. Jesus reveals in this parable that we can't have both. We can't hold on to both. Once again, I'm going to go to Matthew 6. No one can serve two masters. The problem is, we are so prone to filling our lives with so many things, even good things. Maybe some of your plastic pearls are even really pretty or, or really nice. Maybe you can use them to help someone or to build something for your family or for yourself. But if your hands are full, you can't receive any longer. In this season of pandemic, a lot of us have been forced to see things as they really are. Maybe you thought that your career was a pearl. Maybe you thought your friends were all pearls. Maybe you thought your health was that special thing that could never be taken away from you. Maybe certainty. Maybe you thought you knew how the world worked. Maybe that was the pearl. Maybe our nation was your pearl. But the virus and all that it is, all that has come from that has brought many things into focus in a different way. And we have realized, even though some of us are not yet willing to admit it, that these things we thought were pearls were actually just plastic beads. But here's the good news. There is something of worth that can't be taken away, can't be shaken, can't decay. No government can control it or mandate it. No celebrity can overshadow it. No money can buy it. No virus can infect it. And the secret is that it's what you've been longing for in this pursuit. That life, love, freedom, validation, salvation, community, beauty, justice, purpose. All of them find their source and their fulfillment in Jesus. The kingdom of God is found in the seeking. The kingdom of God is found in evaluating and studying. The kingdom of God is found in letting go. The kingdom of God is found in the reorientation of our lives around Jesus and the discovery that Jesus was the point all along. And that even if at the end of the story, all you have is Jesus, that would be enough. Jesus is worth spending everything. Jesus is worth gambling everything. Jesus is worth losing everything. Jesus is worth everything. And life with Jesus begins when we can loosen our grip on all of the plastic that we've so come to love and hold all that we value with open hands so that we may be able to trade them for the kingdom when we find it. When we surrender the plastic 
in order to grasp true reality, we discover Jesus. Uh, I'll end with a, a quote from the American missionary Jim Elliott, because he puts it so perfectly, there's, there's no way to top it. Um, Elliot died uh, in the mid-20th century on the mission field. And he writes, He is no fool to give up what he can't keep, to receive what he cannot lose. Let's pray. Jesus, we have wasted a lot of time. We have wasted a lot of energy a lot of grief on pursuit of things that can't save or satisfy, that, that have no permanent status, that are just plastic, that are fake, that are counterfeit. We ask that you would give us the courage today to, to reorient and reevaluate, to learn to hold our lives with open hands that we might receive from you, that we would have the courage to, to see the things that we must let go of, to see the things we should let go of, to engage in the seeking, to, to engage in the hunt, the quest, a life following you, and that you would lead us into a place where we, we could say, even if it takes everything, Jesus, you're enough. You're the thing we want. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.